And I think, I think what Gospel Tangents do, and I've, I've watched it for a long, long time. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I, I've watched loads and loads of your, your videos, and I think there's some right. great people in those. I think there's some wonderful people on those videos who've got something really positive to say, and they should be listened to, and they should have a platform to say what they need to say. And that's why I like things like, because, you know, Gospel Tangents is, is just approaching it from one angle and, and, and expelling everybody else. I mean, you've interviewed people from all over the place, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, that's all I want to see, a little bit more. Let's chat, let's talk, let's, let's find out what's going on. I need to turn this into a commercial. This is great. <laughs> Welcome to Gospel Tangents, the best source for Mormon history, science, and theology. I'm Rick Bennett. There are many who have a problem with Mormon culture. Paul Toscano is one of them. He's not going to hold anything back. Check out our conversation. And I love you because I'm an apostle and I've have this burden and I've done a lot of work for you and I've flown first class all over the world for 20 years and talked to people that don't have hard questions. It's not the same. Yeah, I know that some of them do love the Lord, you know, but when you hear some of them speak, you wonder how could they love the Lord and say things like Dave Bednar says. And not be able to answer a question like Jeff Holland can't. And to say things about gays and lesbian households and their children that Russell Nelson says and Dallin Oak says. How, how can they do that? I mean, they, they're, they're obsessed with power. I mean, when you see them all arrayed in white, standing beneath the white Christus statue, it should make us shudder. Why? (laughs) Because that is, what does that mean? What is that symbolizing? White, bunch of white men dressed in white suits under a white Jesus who for 120 years proclaimed that black people were inferior in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. They didn't just believe racism. They said it came from God. Of course people are going to leave the church when they find out that men who claim to speak with God never allow themselves to be corrected. They, they excommunicated Lester Bush. Did they? I don't know. <laughs> they made his life bad. I don't think they They made his life bad. They excommunicated me. Mm-hmm. They excommunicated Margaret and Lavina and Mike Quinn mm-hmm. and Lynn Whitesides and a whole bunch of other people for trying to get them to choose love and not power. Love does not manifest itself by separating yourself and dressing in white and standing in front of the Christmas statue. It's picking up the phone and calling Paul Toscano in 1992 and saying, Paul, what are you talking about? We don't want you outside the church. Why? Come on up. Talk to us. 
But Boyd Packer wouldn't do that because Boyd Packer never understood the difference between the church and the Air Force. Bruce McConkie, who was a very simple creature, taught us, taught the saints that obedience is the first law of heaven. Obedience is the first law of hell. The entire devil's plan is based on strict conformity and obedience to march us back into the celestial kingdom. Everyone, without a thought in their heads. That was what you get. And then at the end, after he gets, you know, humiliates George Pace at that BYU devotional that he gave in 1982, where he told people that they shouldn't have a personal relationship with Christ. They should only follow their leaders. And George Pace was virtually informally excommunicated, never got his legs under him again, just for being a religion teacher at BYU and telling kids there that they should try to develop a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Bruce McConkie wasn't having anything of it. But at the end of his life, he tries to give this last testimony. Well, too little, too late. Putting Jesus' name in bigger letters on the buildings and saying that the Book of Mormon is the second witness of Christ isn't the same. It's just like saying, Lord, Lord. But there'd be many who say, Lord, Lord, and, and he says, you don't know me, and you don't know me. Talk about whited sepulchers. I mean, if you go down the, 83, uh, the uh, 23rd chapter of Matthew, it's talking about most Catholic, Protestant, Mormon religious leaders. Less, much less about Jewish leaders. They had the Holocaust. When you've been the, you know, victims of the Holocaust, then you get really humble. So, you know, they have to stop this lining up in order of seniority and constantly saying things that, you know, it's like Joseph Smith offered us a, a, a pot of stew. And the leaders of the church after him, from Brigham Young on down, mistook it for a chamber pot. You can't be at, you can't, you can't think, Russell Nelson thinks it's a revelation to take something away. I mean, the leaders of the church, not in his time, but he was part of it, in the 90s took away the, in, out of the temple, the embrace of the Lord of the veil. They took away the five points of fellowship. The moment where you... Wasn't that a Masonic thing? The five points of fellowship is a, may be a Masonic thing, but Jew, baptism was a Jewish thing. The Eucharist, communion, the sacrament was Passover thing. The whole of the Christian gospel isn't about inventing new things. It's about renewing old things. It's turning water into wine, taking the Passover and turning it into the sacrament. 
taking the Masonic rituals from the Royal Arch Masonry and turning it into a Christian sacrament. It has to do with Christ renewing. It's the resurrection. Your body is renewed. I don't know why Mormons are obsessed with it. It has to be new because they want to be right. They want to be right more than they want to be saved. That's why they're always looking around Mesoamerica or the heartland for some, for, you know, Nephi's garbage, looking for some proof that we're right. Well, we're arrogant enough without proof that we're right. We're arrogant enough to drive LGP. L, I never get it right because I want. I get it confused. LGBT. BLT. I, I, nope. <laughs> I'm hungry, so I think BLT is us. But it's LGBT. LGBT. I, it's not like I don't read it, think about it, and sympathize. It's just I can't get it out. LGBTQA plus. You know, they drive those people to the wall, to out of the church, and their parents, many of their parents, because they know that their kid is a good kid and a loving kid. And they cause people to commit suicides because they're going to stand by something Jesus never said anything about. He did say a lot about, you know, the poor. And their answer to the poor is, yeah, they can give some money. No, proportionally, it's not great. But they have $124,000 million. <laughs> if you have a pile of a million dollars and you have 124,000 piles, that's how much they've got in Ensign Peak. Mm -hmm. Possibly more now. Yeah. They could, just on income from that, they could run the church without tithing. Yes, I'm upset with them. Do I think they're going to hell? No. Oh, that's interesting. No, I don't believe in hell. Oh. That's one of the great things about Mormonism. We don't believe in hell. <laughs> we should put that on our pamphlets and send that with the missionaries. I don't think the evangelicals would like that. <laughs> yeah, we don't believe in hell. We don't believe in hell. We're universal salvationists. We believe everybody goes to a kingdom of glory, even lousy people. I don't think the leaders of the church are going to go to a lesser kingdom. And I don't think the ones that do go to a lesser kingdom have to stay there like Bruce McConkie thought. Well, we can progress between. Oh, oh, absolutely. It sounds very Hinduism or Buddhism. Well, there's a lot to Buddhism that's true. There's a lot to Hinduism that's true. There's a lot to Buddhism that people don't know. Like they have thousand levels of hell that they believe in that most people don't know about. Oh. Dalai Lama doesn't talk about that. <laughs> He's got good public relations. <laughs> Our guys, maybe not. So, you know, yes, I think Mormonism needs to be revisited. I mean, I think there's a lot to the Mormon uh, theology and Mormon history and our own experience is a vignette that we should examine. Our own faith crises ought to be examined as to what's going on because they illuminate. But if you listen to the, and maybe you have, the video that was on, it was briefly on the internet, it was taken off, of the uh, the British rescue that happened 
couple of months ago, where Russell Ballard and Jeff Holland and Quentin Cook, who incidentally is a descendant of Heber C. Kimmel, there's still a lot of nepotism. No. Yeah. <laughs> they went to Britain and basically did not answer the hard questions that those people had. Remember how in, in the, the Swedish, Swedish rescue, the, like the Swedish rescue, but this was British. It happened mm -hmm. just recently. Okay. And the Swedish rescue, I think there was a rescue that happened in Idaho or something. Yeah, too. the Boise rescue. The Boise rescue. Why are they rescuing? It's because they've lied. They lied about racism. They lied about polygamy. They lie, they, you know, and they say, well, we were wrong about race, but we're not wrong about homosexuals. Well, why not? You were wrong about polygamy. You were wrong about racism. You're, you're wrong about, you know, the American Indian DNA. Why are you wrong about everything? Why are you all Republicans? And now you're not being obeyed. You told them to get vaccinated, but a large number of Mormons are not going to get vaccinated. They're not going to follow the prophet. Why not? Politics is more important than religion. Yeah, because you've told them, you've told them for years that you've made Mormonism more and more this worldly. You've made building temples more important than the ceremony inside. You won't explain it to them. You can't. You don't know how. You've let the sacred fire go out, but you've kept the structure. So, yeah, I'm very highly critical. Because you need a religion. Science should do science. History should do history. But religion is about the interior. The great scientist David Bohm, the B O H M, the particle physicist, uh, quantum physicist, he said, Look, there's an explicate order, what we see. There's an implicate order, which we don't see, but we know is there because, because there's so much of the explicate order teaches us that it's there. We know this, we have bodies, but we have minds. We know, you know, I, I think therefore I am, I doubt therefore I am, I believe therefore I am, I love therefore I am. We know that there's a, a unity of our consciousness. It's not just a lot of little separate consciousnesses that exist in the tubules of our neurons, like pan, uh, uh, panpsychism suggests, because it's a unity. I don't have one neuron talking to another neuron <laughs> because that would feel like me talking to you, Rick, <laughs> but no, I have a sense of unity of personhood. How is that going to be explained? We have this, but the leaders of the church don't explore these things. They don't talk about, I remember, <laughs> I, I, years ago, I, I knew. I had contact with apostles like L. Tom Perry. 
And uh, I was at his house, which, which was before 1993, right? Oh, it was before 1993. <laughs> After 1993, I was like, uh, you know. Persona non grata. I was like kryptonite to Superman. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I was at L. Tom Perry's house and uh, there for dinner. And I asked him, I said, uh, well, do you talk about some of these things in the Council of the Twelve? What, what, what goes on there like that? He says, oh, well, honestly, we don't. Never talk about that. Too much to do to manage the church. I asked, Hartman Rector was a very good friend of mine. I disagreed with him a, a lot about things, but he would listen to me. And I would, I would convince him many things. And then he'd get back with his brethren and snap right back. He was like a, I could, it was like a rubber band. I'd, so long as I was holding the ends. <laughs> but as soon as I like go boing and then come back, I could get it to laugh. He tell jokes. He was a very good man. Uh, theology is not religion. Theology is merely explanations of religion and they vary. Religion is contact with God. And out of that contact grow myths and rituals because people through myths and rituals try to hold on to that contact, which is infrequent. But theology is something altogether. I'm a theologian. I'm talking about explanations of texts. Not everybody needs to be a theologian. And so I don't expect the leaders of the church to do that, but they shouldn't be shutting down. They shouldn't be excommunicating people simply because we disagree. It's cruel. Mm -hmm. And then you wake up one morning and you look at the congregation that's left and there are all these people that are staring up at you. I'm going to try to worship you. David Bednar says he's scripture. Well, he's not. It's just a lie. He wasn't called to be scripture. And he wasn't called to be in a board of directors that runs the church under a CEO and a CFO and a CXO or whatever they call it, chief executive office. No. He was called to go out into the world and preach Christ and him crucified. And he doesn't do it. He wasn't called to go to the stakes. and He was called to go into the world where there is no church. The Quorum of the Twelve has authority with the First Presidency only where no church is organized, says Section 107. Mission field. They should get out of town. And because they don't, they want to hang around Salt Lake and travel first class and go to the stakes. They're not supposed to be where the talking in the stakes. They're supposed to be like St. Paul in Turkey, in Abyssinia, Ethiopia, not sending 19-year-olds who come home early and go before they're ready and then come home early. They should go themselves. Without Purser's script, but they don't. 
because I, I don't think they take the word of the Lord seriously. They, they've reconstructed it. They think that they can add to the gospel and take away from the gospel. They think they can take away from the ordinances of the temple. They can take out the brace of the Lord at the veil where, where we impute our sins to Christ and he imputes his righteousness to us. Where we touch every one of his wounds in his hands, the flailed wounds at his back, our head touches his head where the crown of thorns pierced him. That's, they took that out. Doesn't say much for their revelatory power. They need to repent. They don't need to leave. They don't need to put on sackcloth and smear ashes on themselves. They just need to repent. And I'm sorry that I'm the one that has to tell them. <laughs> Do you think they're listening? <laughs> oh, they listen. They listen and they don't repent. That's the sad part. They just do the thing that doesn't work harder. Are you, are, you, are you the Amos of the Bible? I'm not Amos. I'm not a prophet. I am not a prophet. I am just telling you, I am only repeating <laughs> what the scripture says. I'm not saying anything that is not there. A little bit that isn't there by any, yeah. There's a little <laughs> bit that I say that you can't get directly from there. But there, it's a, it, like I say, I have an arguable position on some of those things that are more mysterious. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation with Paul Toscano. Our next conversation with Paul will be our last, so you want to sign up to our free newsletter at gospeltangents.com/newsletter so you can hear the final part of our conversation. We're going to talk about atonement theories. But the, the question of why God does that, you know, is the, you know, and tried to answer five, was it the penal thing or the governmental thing? I can't even remember the list, but you said it and people can rewind this and go back. Uh, I'll put up a graphic. Put up a graphic. In fact, you can put up a graphic in Brad Pitt instead of me. Thanks for listening to Gospel Tangents. If you'd like to hear the entire interview uncut, please subscribe at patreon.com slash gospeltangents. You can hear the entire interviews there. Also, check out our new, improved, uh, user-friendly website at gospeltangents.com. We've made it much more user-friendly, so check that out. Click here to subscribe, here for a transcript, and over here we've got more of our great videos. Thanks again.